Hello, everybody, and welcome in to another episode of the Couch GM's podcast. It is Wednesday, June 29th, 2022, and I'm your host, George Kurt, joined by the one and only Cody Roadcap. Cody, how you doing today? Doing great, George. Uh, you know, it's July 4th week. We're getting ready to come up on the holiday. Traditionally, the slowest week in the NFL news cycle, uh, and it seems to be coming true again this year. Are you kidding me? We have some amazing news for like three or four years from now to lead off. Just a little teaser that you'll get to in a second here because we are going to talk NFL news and notes. And Tyler's going to join us later in the show to talk early wide receiver rankings. We are doing 16 to 30 this week. We did 1 to 15 on last week's show. So make sure you go check that out if you missed it first. And you can also find our entire rankings for all the positions on the couchgms.com. So you can even get a sneak peek and follow along with this show as we talk 16 to 30. Uh, make sure you check our social media channels as well. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Couch GMs. Why don't we jump right into NFL news? And like I said, top news story on this very busy news week. That's not actually busy at all. Big news for 2026 or 2027 potentially, and that is Arch Manning. The is it is it Peyton or Eli's son? I'm I'm completely blanking. Their nephew, I believe. Nephew? Oh, oh nephew. so it's oh the other Manning. Yes. <laughs> Either way, it's in their blood. Yeah, it's in their blood. But he committed to Texas to play his college ball. So as Cody put on our sheet here, potential number one pick in 2026-2027. Very possible that he has dominated in high school. He could end up being that, but it's a long way to go. Texas is a big name school. We'll see how he does in the next few years. Yeah, for sure. And I said 26 or 2027 because it'll be interesting to see if they redshirt him or not or let him play as a true freshman. I have a feeling they're going to redshirt him. So I think 2027 might be, uh, well, I guess 2026, he could still come out as a redshirt sophomore. But 2027 probably makes a little bit more sense. But he is related to the Manning brothers. So he will it for sure get drafted. And I wouldn't be surprised by that, you know, season that we're kicking off. We're talking about him as we were Trevor Lawrence without even seeing something on the field. Hopefully we get to see a little product, a little productivity. Maybe he can, you know, bring Texas back to a powerhouse. They once were back, you know, when Vince Young was carrying them to a national championship. But, you know, George, you joked that this is the top news story. This is a fun news story, but the top news story is actually... Terry McLaurin of the Washington Commanders did sign a three-year contract extension, making him a top five paid wide receiver and average per year, and he got up to $70 million on this extension. George, are you surprised that it got done for one? And two, are you surprised that it was only a three-year extension? I am a little bit surprised that it got done. I feel like I was talking early in the offseason that I was not super confident it was going to, and he was potentially going to be a mid-season trade candidate that still is possible and I think the three-year contract idea kind of emphasizes that his position in Washington is not exactly secure I feel like with how these top end wide receiver contracts have gone this offseason minimum four years a couple of five years sprinkled in there so that three-year contract maybe makes him easier to trade if they do decide to move him after this offseason or in the middle of the season if they decide that they are not going to compete this year. But it's a good thing for him. He gets jumps right in and gets all that money that these wide receivers have been raking in this offseason, and he does deserve it. He's a great talent. We just got to see if the team around him can put a run together. Yeah, I think he was definitely, you know, 
a solid option. It was definitely worth the investment. The three years is interesting. It's probably worth noting that at the time of recording this podcast, we don't have the exact numbers. I think I saw it was a $28 million signing bonus, but we don't have the average per year. So trading mid-season or this season is probably going to be hard because I'm going to imagine most of that 28 is coming off of this year's cap and then making him flexible uh, as the years progress. But with the way the CBA is, the way the salary cap is, it's expected to explode. It could be next year, so he could be guaranteed for two more years. Uh, but I do like it. I do like the pairing with him and Jahan Dotson. They get Logan Thomas back, Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick. Not the best offensive line, but it's not the worst in the league either. I mean, they are at least putting some pieces around Carson Wentz uh, to make that you know offense a little bit better. Does you know make, Knowing that Terry McLaurin is going to be there and what stings for the long haul, does that raise your stakes on or raise where you view Carson Wentz if you look back to where we had him as our quarterback rankings? Well, a little bit maybe, and I don't know if it's really that we now see that Terry's got a three-year contract extension or if it's the fact that when you look back and think a little bit more, this is probably the best wide receiver room that he's had around him since 2017 or 2018 maybe. I mean, Indianapolis was not impressive last year. His few years before that with the Eagles, they were decimated with injuries. His number one target was like Greg Ward. So when you look at it from that aspect, like you do have to have a little bit of hope seeing that Terry McLaurin and Johan Dotson are better than the best two wide receiver combo he's had since 2018. Yeah, my only counter argument would be that is if you take pass catchers into consideration because i don't think these guys are better than alshon jeffrey zach Ertz in his prime type of deal but it it is a valid point at least at the wider receiver position and you won't find a bigger logan thomas fan than me so you're definitely (laughs) a guy that i'm going to hype up but in case you were curious we did have him ranked as our 23rd ranked quarterback that would be carson wentz Uh, when we did our rankings i could definitely see now that i know terry mclaurin is there maybe moving up a couple spots uh, and a guy that still has potential to finish inside that top 12 if everything clicks, but that is a big if. But back to the wide receiver aspect of it, there's two big names I'm thinking, DK Metcalf and Debo Samuel on who's next. Is it one of those guys or someone else? I was going to say my slam dunk is Debo Samuel, um, especially because I think if the 49ers want to keep him, they're going to have to give him money. I know he's already not happy there, even though he's attending camp. He's still talking about the, oh, I'm, I'm not really you know, committed to San Francisco is what it seems like it's coming off. So I think they're going to have to give him a big contract, maybe even before the season starts for him to want to be committed there long term. I think DK is definitely up there on that list, too. He was going to be my second option, but Debo is the clear number one, in my opinion. Yeah, if I had to rank those guys, it'd be Debo Samuel, DK Metcalf in that order. Um Diva just seems like a guy that's going to have to get paid. I, I completely agree whether, you know, it's a long-term deal. Maybe it's a three-year extension like we just saw with Terry McLaurin. It has to be something, lots of guaranteed money, uh, I would have to imagine. And maybe even a clause, like I can only take X amount of snaps at running back. Like, <laughs> it will be interesting to see how they they move forward with that situation. It does seem like there was some disgruntledness. Uh, but, you know, different team, different position. But we did see just two years ago, Aaron Rodgers was super disgruntled. And they were able to come to an agreement. They got him back for a year. And we everyone thought he was leaving. They signed him to a massive contract extension. So it has happened where a contract isn't the end-all, be-all. Again, different players, different times in their career, different positions. Uh, but definitely one to keep an eye on. Any other sleeper names you're thinking for a contract extension? Maybe like a CeeDee Lamb? Do you think they try to get ahead of it before it becomes the 
you know, true number one option? That's possible. Um, but I, I honestly don't see many wide receivers on rookie deals that are going to be signing early right now. Like I was actually going to mention with Debo Samuel, I feel like he waited throughout most of this offseason, maybe not only because um, you, you know, the 49ers and him couldn't strike a deal, but the wide receiver position is becoming almost like the quarterback position where the further back you push your contract, the more money you're going to get. The next guy up gets the biggest contract. Evidenced by Terry McLaurin, who is probably not a top five receiver as good as he is getting top five wide receiver money. So yeah, maybe I, C.D. Lamb is a good name. I'm trying to think off the top of my head of anybody else that might sign that deal a year early, but I don't really see people at the wide receiver position that are going to do that at this point because they're going to try to wait until next offseason and cash in not only on the increasing cap, but the fact that maybe they can get a couple other people getting big contracts in front of them so they can point and say, I want more than that money. Yeah, I, I think you made a good point about them trying to wait out. I know it's a position where like, one, you know, torn ACL can change your career forever and can change your guaranteed money. So like a team like the Cowboys with CeeDee Lamb or the Minnesota Vikings, like I think they would love to get out and pay Justin Jefferson now. Like I think he's already set his place as like a top wide receiver. If they could get in and lock him in before it's $30 million a year for a wide receiver when they already have guaranteed money the next couple of years to Kirk Cousins, that's a, another name to keep an eye on. And I know there was some rumors – circling the beginning of this offseason that Justin Jefferson might not be the happiest in Minnesota either. So another name to watch, but we have all offseason, all next offseason to talk wide receivers and their <laughs> new contracts. We got a couple other little news tits or wow. Tidbits. <laughs> I am we're, so sorry. Uh, we're hitting the, the explicit we're, button on this episode, everybody. <laughs> that was a terrible slip, but uh, and Akeem if you're watching T- us on video, you can see Cody's face just light up bright red at the moment. This yes. is a good time. <laughs> it was definitely, I realized what I said when I tried to say tidbits and I just made it one word, uh, but I keep to leave, you know, a guy that came into the, the broadcast booth last year, you know, wasn't everyone's favorite, but a lot of people loved him as like a true, like player, you know, like talking like more casual about the game, not overcomplicating it. Um, he's joining the Amazon TNF crew. Like this crew just keeps getting bigger and bigger. It sounds like he'll be in their, you know, studio crew, not at the games. Uh, so great opportunities for him. Andrew Whitworth is also in the mix. I mean, they're just pulling in everybody. They got We mentioned Ryan Fitzpatrick last week. I mean, this Thursday night football package on Amazon is starting to seem like like it could be be better than Monday night football. Like that's crazy. Yeah, and I'm very interested to see outside of just who is on their coverage team, what Amazon's going to do with the actual production of the game. But that's something we can talk about when we actually get into the season and see a little sneak peek of that. But I like the move for Tlaib. I like him better in their studio team, better than I did as him as a play-by-play announcer. I feel like he was a little bit much at times in that, but there's no doubt that he knows football. He knows the role. He'd probably be good as kind of a whiteboard guy when they're talking like, how did this go in the first half? And they can break down some plays for him or something like that. I think that is a perfect role for him and seeing him in that capacity rather than having to hear his voice through the entire game when he did start to become a little much, I think, in the second half, in my opinion, um, it's going to be much better for him. Yeah, I'm actually I really enjoyed the Akib Talib in the booth. So, I mean, if he was back in the booth, if he somehow could swing a deal where he was working for you know, TNF on Thursday and Fox on Sunday. I think that'd be fantastic for him. Again, there's, this is a new deal too. We don't know all the details. I mean, Kirk Herbstreet's in the booth on 
Thursday and then on college game day on Saturday. So it's definitely possible to work for different networks doing different uh, things. But I think, you know, I like the whiteboard option. And I also think like he and Fitzpatrick would be, it's just gonna be a fun combination of like their yeah. like player banter. Like, I think that'll be, you know, something interesting. Um, but one thing you did mention that caught Meyer intrigued me was, you know, maybe some upscale in the production, something a little bit different. Um, and I remember a couple of years ago, like the NFL flirted with like the Madden angle for mm-hmm. Thursday night football. Like, I hope they don't bring that back. Maybe I'm in the minority. Like, I did not like that at all. But like, what is something in that production aspect that you're hoping to see? I mean, that's putting me on the spot. Um, I do. Let me just say, I do like the use of the Madden angle camera, but not as a primary angle because it is harder to see certain things. You do get a little bit of motion sick. I think at times when you're using that as your main angle. Um, if you would ask me this question two, three years ago, the pylon cam is probably the greatest invention the NFL has ever done. <laughs> put, put two in the back but, corner. Yes, there's that. Um, so I'm going to go out there and do something maybe a little bit ridiculous, but I think it's something that could actually help the NFL in the future. And it's something we talked about a little bit last year. So we heard that Hawkeye was joining the NFL to try to work on the whole, like, um, you know, expediting reviews thing. And we immediately thought it was the whole tennis thing where you could see the ball that hits the, you know, if it hits the line in like virtual reality, if they can start bringing something like that towards a broadcast to try to get a better idea of if a, you know, if a play on the sideline was inbounds or out of bounds, or if a ball crossed the plane, I don't know how like a TV, you know, network that's covering a game could put that kind of technology in, but I think something like that, or maybe if it's more of the 3D cam where you can kind of flip to the defensive side. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about with that one? Yep. Yep. I've I know seen it occasionally about. in games. If you could use something like that, maybe to help with the review or something like that. I think something along those lines where you're going more into virtual reality to try to help people see different angles or experience the game in a different way would be pretty cool. You mentioned virtual reality, and I wonder if, you know, Amazon might not be the company that does this, but I wonder if we'll eventually, and I'm sure we will eventually get to being able to watch an NFL game, wearing a virtual reality headset that makes you feel like you're in the stands. So that's probably too far down the line, but no random, random, (laughs) random point that I probably no one cares about, but I used to work for a team in the American hockey league, which is the uh, minor league affiliate for the N for the NHL. Um, they're, um, TV coverage, obviously, for a minor league, you know, network is not great, but they had every single team put in what's basically a bird's eye camera that covers the entire ice. And you could basically almost in virtual reality control your own like camera angle. Basically, you could control a broadcast camera and like move it yourself, zoom in a little bit, that kind of thing. I know an NFL field is a lot bigger than a hockey arena, but maybe something like that's the beginning stages of what you're talking about there. Definitely could be, and it definitely just again excited for for the future. But George, we should probably talk back more to football and not so much technology. It is a fantasy <laughs> yeah. football podcast, and this isn't fantasy related, but it is you know couch DMs at our heart. We're talking jerseys. We're talking alternative jerseys. We all get hyped when our teams release a new jersey. We all get hyped when a team comes out with a new jersey. Well, the New England Patriots aren't coming out with a new jersey, but they are bringing back their all red alternative jerseys in 2022 
mainly because they, you're not allowed to have a second helmet. They can bring back the white helmets, probably with the old logo on the side, which will be great to see. As a fan, I just I love you know these teams being able to bring back those alternate jerseys with the the new helmet rule. Um, now that the Patriots brought it back, what are your thoughts? And is there any jerseys that you're like really hoping to see make a comeback? Um, so I do like the Patriots jersey coming back. I think I like that jersey, but I'm a little bit turned off by it because I'm not a biggest a big fan of that old logo from the Patriots. So it's kind of like a half and half for me. But just the fact that this helmet rule did change and you see there's been a lot of teams that have announced alternate helmets to go with new jerseys and stuff that we obviously haven't been able to talk about them all. So if there's any that that you fans out there want to mention, drop something in the comments of the uh, of our, our Facebook posts or whatever. We'd love to hear what your favorites are for me. <laughs> um, There's a couple of iconic throwback jerseys that I keep thinking of that I think would be even better with the new with the alternate color helmets that we haven't been able to see in a few years two of them that i'm thinking of i know the packers have some very you know popular iconic old jerseys i'm thinking the one with the big dot in the middle was it blue and yellow i think seeing that with yep seeing that with the old style you know leather looking helmet that would that'd be cool to see um, as a homer, even though I'm not the biggest fan of the Kelly Green, I'd like to see a traditional, actual Eagles, you know, old, you know, retro Eagles jersey coming back sometime, and that's supposed to come back, I think, in 2023, if I've heard the Eagles brass correctly. But just in general, having more ability to have fun in what we have been called in the past the No Fun League is gonna be great. Yeah, and it's interesting. One of the ones that I'd be most excited for the team to be, be, bring back is your Philadelphia Eagles but it is the blue and yellow jerseys. Oh, I liked them. I know a lot of people didn't. I really liked them. I thought they were (laughs) unique. They were different. Um, So that's one that I throw some Steelers bumblebees in there too. Nope. I didn't, I didn't like those (laughs) at all, Uh, but I did really like the blue and yellow for some reason uh, for the Eagles, even though I have no idea where those colors came from because I'm not a diehard Eagles fan. Um, But George, we're, we're actually going pretty long for this, you know, light news segment so let's just you know which is becoming a recurring segment on our during our news part but we're going to give our deshaun watson update uh just know this week his discipline hearing is officially underway uh they had the first session on tuesday it's expected to take several days um they're just going reviewing everything i mean there's a lot of stuff to review go over figure things out and then the nfl is expected to give their ruling in the next couple of days it could be out by the time this podcast goes live and that's just the part of recording 12 hours before we launch um or it could be you know the friday news drop it could be early next week um but hopefully by the time we talk to you next that deshaun watson uh suspension has been at least you know given out and then we'll determine if he's going to appeal it or not yeah, and the appeal is the other big thing because both sides are going to have a chance to appeal after this is happening. So I'm hoping whatever ruling happens this week or early next week is the one we can stick with. It's obviously what we're going to use as the precedent when we go into our closer to the season rankings here getting towards July. But I think the early speculation is it's going to be a long suspension. So I just want to mention here that Baker Mayfield had a uh, football camp on Tuesday And he was asked in a press conference if uh, he could see himself starting for the Browns. And he said that the Browns have to reach out to start that conversation. So that that relationship is still very torn. And I think for good reason for Baker. So a lot to be unpacked, not only with Deshaun Watson, 
but with the Browns quarterback situation in general. Yeah, and I think Baker was even, you know, asked Tuesday afternoon, right as we were about to hit record about this or made a comment on one, a news appearance or someone reached out to him. Uh, and I think he came out and said both sides are ready to move on. So if Deshaun Watson mm-hmm. is suspended, uh, you know, for a year, suspended indefinitely, we've heard with at least a year, like this could be a very interesting suspension out its ruling. Um, just a good, you know, kind of plug for the couchgms.com. The rankings are being updated um, fairly regularly. Like I know George and I, we saw the indefinite thing. We've been talking about it. Like we think a season is legit. So we've dropped them all the way to our last spot in our rankings. Obviously, that's a fluent situation. If it changes, we'll adjust accordingly. But make sure you're checking in on the couchgms.com as your dra- drafts are approaching and you see our most up-to-date uh, player rankings. One last thing on this whole situation with Deshaun Watson, though, and this is just back to the Houston Texans. They have now been uh, brought in at or filed some lawsuits against the same guy that's representing the, the potential victims of Deshaun Watson against the Houston Texans because of their involvement and thinking they had some cover-up work. So even once Deshaun Watson uh, suspension or ruling comes in place, like this whole story, this whole situation isn't going anywhere, and it seems like it's going to be around the NFL news cycle for quite a while, unfortunately. Yes, it is, but I think we can cut it off there, and hopefully we'll have another update for you guys next week. But keep an eye on our Twitter. We'll do our best to keep you up to date as news breaks. And we can give you a little bit of an idea of where Deshaun Watson is going to land for next year. But it's time for what everyone's been waiting for. We're going to go wide receiver ranking 16 to 30 as Tyler joins us on the show. And yes, Tyler is back with us to talk wide receiver rankings. We're going 16 to 30 this week. If you missed 1 to 15, make sure you go back and check last week's episode. And you can check those rankings on thecouchgms.com if you're impatient while you wait for us to get to our rankings here. Kicking it right off with number 16, and that is Seattle Seahawks wide receiver DK Metcalf. So a guy who has kind of fallen down with the loss of Russell Wilson, but we know he is still a great talent. Tyler has him at 14. I am at 15. Cody, down at 21. Start us off here in our rankings. Dude, he didn't play well with Geno Smith last year. He might have Geno Smith again. And if it's not, it's Drew Locke. Again, this is nothing. This If you listen to last week, Sometimes it's about how good you are and sometimes about the quarterback you're playing with. And unfortunately, DK doesn't have the best quarterback to play with. So I think he has all the talent in the world. Uh, He is a little bit of a, you know, big play, deep threat, deep crossers type of guy. And relying on Geno Smith and Drew Locke to hit a bunch of those is a guy that I don't want to touch this upcoming fantasy season. Yeah, I mean, I hear what you're saying. Uh, however, look, I've seen backup quarterbacks come in and struggle time and time again in the NFL, even much, much better backup quarterbacks than uh, Geno Smith. And a lot of times the issue is the fact that they don't have that rapport with players because, look, they played with the backups uh, in camp and then they go into the season, they don't play for weeks and weeks, and then they step in and try to just immediately be good. Uh it's nice to have a preseason under his belt with DK Metcalf working with him, whether it's going to be Drew Locke, whether it's going to be Geno Smith, either way, they should be able to build a rapport. And yes, I know that DK is known for his deep crossers. However, it's a different offense. They're not going to run the exact same playbook as they did with Russell Wilson. They can't, or it's just not going to work. Um, 
I think you're going to see a lot more shorter routes from DK. Um, I feel like no matter who the quarterback is between Gino or Drew, they're going to want to go with the safer routes, the safer throws, which are going to be the shorter throws. And DK Metcalf is a really big body receiver who can just box somebody out and make the catch kind of like a tight end can. And I think the guy that's really going to take a hit is Tyler Lockett. That's the deep play guy that I think is going to take the hit. I don't think DK is going to, you know, single-handedly win you any fantasy championships, but the guy is going to put up some points in my opinion. He basically took the words right out of my mouth with the guy who's going to take the biggest hit is Tyler Lockett. I'm with you right there. And I'm going to go out there on a limb and say, I know there's a lot of talk about Geno Smith and how Seattle likes Geno Smith, blah, blah, blah. I don't see any way that this is not Drew Locke's offense unless something crazy happens with a trade or something like that. So what were we talking about last year when we were talking about that Denver quarterback competition, Drew Locke versus Teddy Bridgewater? We wanted Drew Locke to win it because we think he, because he has the bigger arm, he has the better chance of supporting at least one fantasy relevant wide receiver. DK Metcalf is better than any single wide receiver they have in Denver. Denver is deep at wide receiver. They have some great guys there, but DK Metcalf is the most talented of that group between the two wide receiver rooms. So if Drew Locke is in there, he's not fantastic. He's not going to lead Seattle to a great record. I think he can at least support DK Metcalf as a solid wide receiver too on your team. I'm ready to run through a wall. I don't know about you guys. Oh, well, I mean, he is. He would still be a wide receiver too at 21. So he would still <laughs> qualify as a wide receiver too. So I think we we agree to disagree on how high we'll take him. And I do just want to ask you guys this question because we're just going to kick off the show with some, you know, some little debate here. But fa- not fantasy a lot. Like, where do you rank DK Metcalf in terms of wide receivers based on pure talent? Because I feel like you guys are a lot higher on him than I am. He's one of the more difficult wide receivers to just rank based off of talent. Because, like, I, I I don't know. He's He doesn't have the speed of a guy like a Jalen Waddle or a Tyreek Hill. Uh, he doesn't run down Buda Baker. <laughs> Uh, that's fair. I hear you. <laughs> but when you think just deep, streaky routes, like you can't catch him. He's not the guy you think of. Um, he is a big dude, but you don't think of him, you know, having the the height advantage and taking advantage of guys like Julio Jones. You don't put him on the levels of like any specific thing wide receiver wise as any of the top guys. However, altogether, he's just a well-rounded receiver and he can just make things happen i mean he's just the he's frustrating because there's going to be those games where he does absolutely nothing he is beatable um but at the same time he's got the size and speed to break a game open get three four touchdowns in a game and just drop your jaw i mean watch him run down buda baker watch the kinds of things he can do when his head's really in the game um but you know he takes that binky out starts yelling at players down the field and gets in his own head he's not the same guy he's a very headstrong player um he's tough he's a tough one to rank i'll go ahead and roughly put him at about number 10 so i have him at 15 of my rankings that's a little bit of a hit because of the quarterback and the system but i think as a talent he's better than where we have him at cody obviously doesn't agree with that but i for everything tyler said i agree like he might not be the best at this, that, or that, but he's very high on the list in all of them, and that's why he has to be around number 10. 
Interesting. Yeah, I definitely have him lower. <laughs> I not not a huge fan of DK Metcalf. I think he's more of a one trick pony than anything else. I'm very good at that one trick, but uh, and he can make plays, but he is not a well rounded wide receiver in my my opinion. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how the Seahawks, you know, when they figure that out, because he's up for a contract soon too, to see if he uh, he gets some top of market dollars or if they can keep his uh, payment down. But well, that's enough DK Metcalf talk. Let's move on to number 17. A guy, if you remember all the way back to the earliest mock draft in human humanly possible, I don't even think the NFL season was over. I think we were still mid-playoffs, like Pro Bowl week uh, for this. Uh, he was like a top 10 guy for us. Uh, definitely pulled back the reins a little bit. Uh, but Jalen Waddle is at number 17. I'm 18. Tyler at 16. George at 20. Tyler, you're the highest, so kick it off as I talk to you mid-yon. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Uh, been working a much, much earlier than I'm ever used to. So if I yawn, it's not because I'm bored. I promise I'm just not sleeping like I should be. Um, now, Jalen Waddle, he's he's exciting. Like I don't like Tua. I don't think Tua is that great. If it wasn't for the fact that Tua was his quarterback, I think Jalen Waddle would be in the top 10. Uh, yes, they have Tyree Kill now, which I, I get it. That's going to make you think, well, look, Tyreek's going to steal some snaps. He's going to steal some catches, so Waddle's going to suffer. I don't think he is. Um, I don't think Devontae Parker was doing anything to draw coverage off of Waddle last year. Tyreek Hill will. His name alone is going to be like, hey, we've seen what happens in Kansas City. We need to have two, three guys on Tyreek Hill at all times. And yet Jalen Waddle is you know, almost just as fast. He's still quick. Uh, so that's going to leave a lot of coverage open for him. I think he's going to be able to make some big plays. Um, I, I, I think it's going to be um, potentially one of those. Is it going to be a Waddle game? Is it going to be a Hill game? Which I hope it isn't. It, that could, it'll get really frustrating. But you know, I think Waddle's potential alone and the fact that he can win you a week on any given week makes him high enough for me to have him at 16. And I'm the lowest on him, I think, partly because of that. Could it be a hill? Could it be a waddle week? And I'm worried that those two are going to have to get their points in a similar fashion. One, because of the quarterback situation. But we know Jalen Waddle broke a rookie record for receptions last year and was very good with the ball in his hands after the catch. And that's exactly what I said Tyreek Hill needed to do to get his points this year. So. I have him at 20. I definitely think he's a wide receiver too, but I'm worried because I don't know if there's enough to go around in that fashion, in that passing game to get Jalen Waddle to the next level above where he was last year. Yeah. I just don't think they can support, you know, 200 yard or 200 reception guys. I think we'll see a dip in Jalen Waddle. Uh, if Tyree kill wasn't there, he'd be higher because of, you know, getting mm -hmm. all the volume. Uh, but I do think he'll sit comfortably as the number two wide receiver and he'll he'll have some big weeks. That's why he'd still be a, a number a solid number two option. Like, you know, we're talking about him at pick seventeen. As much as we were dogging on Tua up for Tyreek Hill at nineteen, he's supporting two top twenty wide receivers in this new offense. So uh we're expecting some, you know, at least consistent play out of Tua. Uh, but the next guy on our list at number eighteen is another one that I think will have a little bit of a fun debate with. Uh, is Cortland Sutton, who I have at 16, Tyler all the way down at 25, and George at 14, which I was surprised to be not be the highest on. So, George, I'll let you kick it off. 
think back to, I think it's now three years ago, before Cortland Sutton had his injury, he had a wide receiver one season. He is now paired with what I think is the best quarterback he's had in a system. And there's a lot of wide receivers that they did not look fantastic one year out of an ACL. And he was not the greatest last year. And then the second year out of the ACL, they finally got back up to full speed and started to show what potential they had again. So I'm even reeling back a little bit and saying Cortland Sutton's not going to be a wide receiver one, but he's going to be a wide receiver two. Yet, I think because he's now in a more favorable situation with a Russell Wilson, if they let him cook, Cortland Sutton should be, in my mind, the wide receiver one. Jerry Judy owners out there, don't don't hurt me. I'm not taking anything away from Jerry Judy, but Cortland Sutton is the guy that has so much potential that nobody remembers because it was so long ago when he actually was showing that wide receiver one potential. I'm with. I think he's the. Uh, I mean, it's a toss up on. You know, if you want to say Jerry Judy is a little bit more talented, like I'm not going to roast you on that. Uh, but I do think Cortland Sutton will be the wide receiver one. I assume that's why he's so low on Tyler's list is because he thinks Jerry Judy will be wide receiver number one. Uh, yeah, I do think Jerry Judy is going to be wide receiver number one. Um, I-, I guess a big part of it is also the fact that maybe I'm not raising his value so heavily from Russell Wilson. I do understand it's a better quarterback. I do understand that a better quarterback means better offense. Um, I'm just not on the same train of, you know, Russell Wilson's going to step in and suddenly we're lighting the world on fire. Uh, are, are we saying that Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy is really that much better than DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett? Uh, Cause I feel like, it's not. Uh, can you argue if they're better? Absolutely. Can you argue they're that much better? I don't think so. And yet last year, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf were both super disappointing when Russell Wilson was in there. Uh, they still had their good weeks, but they weren't lighting the world on fire. I'm not expecting Cortland Sutton to light the world on fire. I've also never been a huge Cortland Sutton fan in his whole career. I've always been lower than you guys every year we do this. Um, I don't know. I guess I just don't have the trust in him. I need to see more from him, especially with a new quarterback before I really believe in him, especially when you do have Tim Patrick, who just signed a bigger contract. Jerry Judy, with if he doesn't have legal issues, is still their number one, in my opinion. So I got to see more out of him before I trust him that much. But I guess you could do worse than Cortland Sutton. Just to trail back on your talk about DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, like I know because they've been so frustrating because is it a DK week or is it a Lockett week? They were still wide receivers 12 and 13 last year in points. Like they aren't pretty, but they that's with five weeks. No Russell Wilson. That's true. That's true too. So like, I know it it might end up being a similar situation where like these guys are kind of trading off and it's not going to be a smooth ride, but then in the end they're going to get points. I hear you. Um, yeah. Nathaniel Hackett I'm... also made Blake Bortles a fantasy relevant quarterback. <laughs> so not thinking that Russell Wilson isn't going to be a solid option and throwing around the yard. It's kind of mind boggling, but I die. Yeah, again, I just, I need to see something from Cortland Sutton with Russell Wilson before I really trust in him. Uh, I would rather have a guy like uh, Chris Godwin, a Terry McLaurin, Adam Thielen, Marquise Brown, one of those guys. I'd rather have one of them. I, I like their upside a little bit better than a Cortland Sutton. That's just the way I'm sitting right now. 
And it's early, okay. and we'll have to see if those change when we get closer to the season. I also like the, the three season, of those guys like have new quarterbacks that you mentioned. <laughs> Ooh. The only one that you didn't was Chris Godwin. So Fair enough. But we can move on. We can move on to Brandon Cooks. Another hot topic, because I can already feel this episode is going to be great. <laughs> uh, he's at 19 for us, but he's at 15 uh, for me, 23 for Tyler, and 18 for George. Uh, George seems to be in the middle of us, uh, so I'll just kick it off with Brandon Cooks. And, you know, this one, he he could easily – this is more of a, like, if he's finished as a wide receiver one, I wanted to be on the, the train. Hey, I had him at 15 to start the season. If he finishes as a wide receiver two, hey, I had him at 15. So I can understand there is a high variance of points because we're, we're relying on Davis Mills, and I know that is, is scary. But he is still the best option there. There was a lot of trade talks for him. They're like, no, that's our guy. We're going to lock him up. Finally, he's not getting moved around. He seems to have found a place in Houston. Uh, Davis Mills looked, you know, promising. It's not far-fetched to say he was the best rookie last season. As, as much talked about as that rookie class was, on the field, Davis Mills was probably the best at producing. He gets another year, another year of rapport with Brandon Cooks. Um, I think it could be, you know, an underrated wide receiver that you're going to not love. It's very similar to a DJ Moore you're not going to love Brandon Cooks as your wide receiver too, despite where he is ranking. You're going to leave the draft feeling like, is this really my wide receiver too? But wide receiver three, you're going to love it. And at wide receiver two, there's going to be weeks where you're like, I love Brandon Cooks. And maybe it is too, because last year he was a guy I tried to trade for like every week because he was just consistently solid uh, most weeks last season. He wasn't putting up 20-point weeks, but he was always getting you around, you know, the the eight to twelve range was pretty consistent for him, so I like that a lot in a wide receiver two option. Yeah, I feel like we're kind of in a lull right now in the rankings. Um, these guys are ranked: Cortland Sutton, Brandon Cooks. Like they're ranked where they are because they should be. Um, the issue is, like, I feel like the top seventeen, I'm like thrilled about. Uh, I would love to have them on my team, and then this section, I'm like, I'll take them because I should, but if I can wait, I will. And then, like, the lower-tier wide receivers, even though they are lower than these guys, I'd be thrilled to have them on my team as well. Um, I just think they have – they're very exciting. Cooks isn't going to be exciting. He's not going to be pretty. He's not going to be fun. But, you know, he's there. Um, <laughs> he's he's there because he should be. Um, so we're going to have to wait and see. Um, but, you know, I think that's enough about Brandon Cooks. Can I ask a question real quick? Sure. Let's get it. All right. So – we're in a law and I think we can all feel that. Um, and th- this is just, you know, a little bit of a playful exercise, but you know, if we're taking the top 15 or the top 15 to top 20 running backs and the top 15 to top 20 wide receivers. And the reason why, you know, the, the no running back strategy, getting some, two of those top guys at the very top. Um, Cause you know, we're looking right now, at wide receivers, 15, um, to 20 which 20 is the next guy on our list so i'll just say it now is dj Moore, dk metcalf jalen waddle Cortland sutton brandon cooks amari cooper like there's some names in there like dk metcalf jalen waddle that have high potential but like guys we're not feeling great about and i'm not saying the running backs in the same spots are you know much better but if i could have Devonte adams and jamar chase and pair them with running backs 15 through 20 on our ranking Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, Leonard Fournette, Saquon Barkley, David Montgomery, Miles Sanders. Like, this is why, like, you have to think about what you're going to get in the second half. 
Um, and I just want to know if you guys are feeling the same way that I know you guys hate the no running back strategy, but am I swaying you at all a little bit with what I'm saying? Um, no, because, you know, if I'm looking at wide receivers, I'm looking at potentially getting a, you know, Chris Godwin, Terry McLaurin. Um, uh, even if we're just talking right above that with an AJ Brown, DJ Moore, DK Metcalf, those guys, if we're talking about getting one of those guys in the middle rounds, um, to be my number one wide receiver, I feel more comfortable than taking two good wide receivers and then being taking my number one running back, being a guy like Cam Akers, JK Dobbins, Leonard Fournette. Like I am not happy about that at all. I feel like I can replace a good wide receiver, like replace a wide receiver. Our wide receivers are so deep. I mean, we made our list of running backs down to 50 or 60, sorry. But by the time we get to like, 40 we're naming guys that are going to be on free agency we made our wide receivers out to 70 and i honestly do feel like we could get it to like 60 and it'd be a starting caliber wide receiver at some point in the season um i guess long story short i just feel like the wide receivers are more replaceable during the season than running backs are um you might have a better like start of the season team if you go no running back theory you might have a better draft um, but playing the waiver wire, I think it's going to be a lot easier to have a good long-term team not doing the lo- no running back theory. Yeah, and I'm kind of with Tyler here on this too because while I I would not hate having a running back in that tier that you're talking about as a running back two, I do not want them as a running back one. I'm still trying to draft balance to the fact that, yeah, maybe in the past I was always trying to draft two running backs in the first three rounds. Maybe now I'm drafting two wide receivers, kind of going with the times. But I'm not completely flipping to the no running back strategy because I still want a running back in the top seven, top eight, if I can help it. And then I'll take some wide receivers, try to bolster up that room, maybe before we get to this lull, if it's possible. And then I'll go back and take that running back too that may not seem flashy, but I'm not as worried about it if he's my running back too. You didn't, it's not swayed me enough to go completely no running back. I still think it's too risky of a strategy. And as you showed last year, it does pay off sometimes, but I don't think it, I think the payoff rate for a balanced draft strategy is probably better than the no running back still. Understood. Understood. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. It's also worth noting that, you know, the 15 top 15 at each position, you're in a league of 12 people most likely are gone by round three. So that's why it was a good time to interject that. Uh, But I mentioned it. Number 20 on our list is Amari Cooper. And honestly, I might even drop him a little bit lower. I have him at 19, but the pending Deshaun Watson situation, I don't think there's any way that Baker Mayfield is the quarterback for them so it'd be Amari Cooper with Jacoby Brissett and that's not not great that's why these are early rankings but you know we'll play on the bright side that if you know Deshaun Watson only misses six games I'll say I feel like that's the bare minimum like if you guys want to say it's less than that but I feel like six is the bare minimum for that uh maybe 19 is not the worst spot or 20 is where we have them uh but what are your guys' thoughts yeah I'm kind where of the same at that's like wait and see for me on Amari Cooper. I can't really give you more details. Move him up or down until I know what's going on. All right, let's just assume that Jacoby Brissett's the guy. Who do you like better, Jacoby Brissett or Davis Mills? Mills. Mills. 
And I guess that shows that we have him one, like Brandon Cooks one spot higher than Amari Cooper. But I think these two are very similar in the fact that they're very talented wide receivers stuck with not a good quarterback. Like, yeah, this is going to adjust. I think Cooper's going to go down a little bit more if there is no Deshaun Watson confirmed for the entire season. But he's talented enough that he's going to have some points. It's just not going to be pretty unless he has a good quarterback. Man, if Baker Mayfield was just their guy, I think he'd probably be even higher. It's just not going to happen after they pretty much blackballed him with this trade. For sure. All right. All right. Well, I'll, I'll talk. I guess that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move us on to uh, number 21, Chris Godwin of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So injury concerns here have us a little bit split. Cody down at 26, Tyler up at 18, and I'm at 21. I'll start with the optimistic one. Tyler, 18, Chris Godwin. Um, I mean, how long are we thinking that Chris Godwin's going to be out? I think that's a big thing here. Um, last till November. Report, till November? I mean, if he's out that long, then yes. Uh, last report I saw said there's no timetable on Chris Godwin. That was the last time report I saw. I don't know if you guys saw anything different. Um, Throwing darts. Yeah, it's no timetable. And look, (laughs) I understand how big of a risk Chris Godwin is because of the fact that you don't have a timetable for his return. But if he comes back sooner than we expected, which the way modern medicine is now, we see players come back way earlier than expected all the time. Uh, Chris Godwin at 21... Uh, possibly your wide receiver three or four thrilled. Absolutely love that. Like even if he misses the first half of the season, you get a guy of Chris Godwin's caliber to take over in the second half of the year when you're making that final playoff push or even in the fantasy playoffs and you want to win a championship. Absolutely. Give me Chris Godwin all day. That's why I have him ranked so high. I mean, he's so talented and now you Take away Gronk, which was one of his big touchdown threats over there in Tampa Bay. That's more touchdowns that could go Chris Godwin's way. Um, I think Godwin is, I would rank him higher than Mike Evans if he was fully healthy, if they were both starting week one. That's how high I am on him. Um, So yeah, you're talking about guys this low in the draft that we're saying we're in a lull. We're not thrilled. We're talking about guys that Davis Mills is throwing to. And yet in the middle of all that, you can give me Chris Godwin. I'll take it every day. Every single day. I guess the one thing looking back that I'm very intrigued on with Chris Godwin is he's very comparable to Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins. Michael Thomas coming off an injury might actually still play a full season, but we're really not sure because he had another ankle surgery in the offseason. DeAndre Hopkins obviously suspended for the first six games of the season, but they're all going to miss some time. And Thomas and Hopkins didn't even make our top 30. They're at 35 and 37 in our consensus rankings, but we're very high on Chris Godwin who probably has the same, maybe slightly better potential than the other two. They all have potential if they're playing at their peak to be a wide receiver one, or at least a borderline wide receiver one. But Godwin were very much higher on than the other two. And now looking back at after we made our rankings, I'm very intrigued by that because he's maybe even the most questionable on the injury front. If he misses till November, if we get more of a definite word on that, he's going to probably fall down towards the ranking spot where we have the other two, but he's going to be a great stash in play. Like Tyler said, he could be a league winner at the end of the year because we know he can come out on fire right off the bat if he's fully healthy. Yeah, and that's the other thing is if he does start the year on the pup or on the IR, 
Like, as long as your league allows it, which it should, if it doesn't, talk to your commissioner, get that fixed. Uh, you can stash him. Uh, he won't even take up a roster spot. Uh, you're telling me you can? I can hold a guy of his caliber for half the season and not even use a roster spot? Yes, you're missing out on a guy at this point in the draft. But we're talking about a lull in the wide receivers for a reason. It's guys you're not thrilled drafting anyway. And I even said it before, I like some of the later guys even more because of their big potential. So if I don't like these guys anyway, and I can take a guy who will not use up a roster spot and can win me the fantasy championship uh, if he comes back late in the season and is the Chris Godwin that we expect, uh, I just feel like it's too good of a move not to make. Yeah, I think that's why you know I'm still the lowest. I'm I have him all the way at 26. Um because of the injury and best case scenario is week seven after the PUP, but I would guess probably week 10 to week 12 is more realistic after tearing the ACL and week 15 last season. So a lot of, you know, question marks again, Snyder makes a great point. That's why you don't draft a kicker draft. Chris Godwin, put him on your IR spot, then pick up your kicker. It makes a lot more sense. saying don't draft a kicker. Well, (laughs) I was saying I was agreeing with you, and then I added that part because it needs to be said. Or just get kickers out of fantasy football. Uh, you know that would be that'd be fun too. I probably wouldn't have a championship without one, but I'm still on the bandwagon of kickers shouldn't be in fantasy football, anyways. Um, but yeah, Chris Godwin. There's a lot of ifs. You know, I still would have Mike Evans higher. If they're both healthy, like I'm not as high as I'm on Snyder. Um, and you know, he could be a solid option, but the big question mark is when will you get to actually use him? nice yeah yes it is and i can move us right into number 22 on our list then and it's washington wide receiver terry mclaurin tyler is the highest on him at 19 cody's at 22 and i'm all the way down at 26 so i think i'm just pessimistic on carson wentz working in washington uh, maybe even 26 is a little low even if it ends up being taylor heineke i'll admit that that might change a little bit before the season starts but i just i don't love it I don't know if I was ever as high on Terry McLaurin as a lot of people were. And I got to give him credit. He is a talented wide receiver, but I just keep pumping the brakes. And I kept going through my rankings thinking, oh, I kind of like this guy a little better. and like this guy a little better. And that's just where he finally fell. Yeah, I like McLaurin a lot. I think he is the big, the only thing I will say, I think he is the most likely of any of the remaining unsigned or uncontracted, new contracted, however you want to word it, wide receivers to actually hold out if any of them was going to do it i would bet not real money because i don't do that terry mclaurin uh would be the guy that would hold out i know it's a lot more difficult now with the new cba and how much money they actually lose and that kind of stuff but i wouldn't be surprised if he misses the first week of training camp or he misses you know sits out a game or two or you know something like that until he gets you know the new contract which he should but they also drafted a guy in the first round that could eat and to eat into some of his snaps and is, you know, the highlight of OTAs for the Washington commanders. Yeah. Um, I, I hear you. I, I think if it wasn't for the contract holdout talks, he would be a lot higher in the rankings, but uh, again, it's, it's a guy who's way too talented, not to draft for me. Um, last year even seemed like a down year, but he ended up finishing with almost identical, fantasy points as he did to the year before in 2020 and he was still a high draft pick last year um averages close to 10 points per game every season he's and he always has the potential for even more than that he's such a talented wide receiver 
Um, I wish Washington would use him the way that they should. Uh, they never really seem to. He seems to fall apart at some point during the season because the offense just stops being able to play. Um, but yeah, I, I do think the contract is an issue. But if you have a guy who has this much talent, this much potential, this high of a ceiling, this late in the draft, whether he holds out a few weeks or not, it's still worth it. I'm taking him. Yeah, it's a good I, argument. And yep. I was going to say I agree. It's a good argument. Uh, and another guy that might be a fun argument on the show is who we have at number 23, uh, the new Arizona Cardinal Marquise Hollywood Brown. I have him at 20. Tyler at 24 and George at, I lost my spot, 25. Uh, there we go. So I'm the highest on him. And I think part of the reason I'm as high on him is because we mentioned it a couple minutes ago, but DeAndre Hopkins is guaranteed to miss uh, six weeks. So he is going to be a guy, you know, he's reconnecting with Kyler Murray. So it isn't tr- a true new quarterback. It's similar to the Devontae Adams and Derek Carr. They play together in college. It's been a few years since they've played together, but they at least have, you know, some chemistry. We'll see if it's as easy as riding a bike to get back into it. Uh, that was a terrible joke. I'm so sorry for everyone out there listening that I just dropped that. <laughs> I'm, I feel I'm embarrassed. I'm not going to lie. Uh, big playability. They get a first round pick for him. They talked about that. They want to ex- make him a part of their future. Uh, so I think they really like this guy and he's going to be a big part of their offense. Man, you should be embarrassed about that joke. You'd be even more embarrassed. You have him all the way up at 20. Not really. No. Um, honestly, if we were doing first six-week rankings, I'm right there with you, or maybe slightly higher. I'm a little lower because of that DeAndre Hopkins coming back. While I think he's still going to be good, I don't know if he's going to be amazing. So he's right there on that borderline wide receiver two to flex for me. Um, big playability. He's only really put a complete season together once in his career. But I think he's going to be at least a little more consistent than he was in Baltimore. Just worried about him being a wide receiver two now instead of a wide receiver one. Yeah, and uh, you know, Cody made his jokes earlier in the show saying that, oh wow, you say you'd rank him above Cortland Sutton, but he is a new quarterback too. I have him one spot above Cortland Sutton. I wanted to say it earlier, but I wasn't trying to ruin the rankings. I have him 24. I have Sutton 25. Um, If I'm choosing between the two, it's honestly a coin flip, but I'd rather have Marquise Brown just because I really don't like Sutton. Um, But Marquise Brown, he's young. He's got that potential. Uh, He has had an up and down career so far. It is going to be interesting to see what he does with the new quarterback, but um, I think he's going to be okay. I I think he's going to have a decent season. I'm cool with him as a wide receiver three. Um, he's still not a guy that if I end up with him as a wide receiver too, cause I went way too running back heavy that I feel thrilled about. I understand. I mean, he is still ranked as a wide receiver too for you. And it's also worth noting that he, uh, he's going to a guy that, you know, a more of a pass friendly offense, say what you want about Lamar Jackson and his throwing ability. Uh, but it's been well noted around the league. That's one of the reasons, you know, Marquise Brown asked out of this offense is because it's not conducive for wide receivers to put up points. Uh, He was a first round pick. He has talent. So we might see a Marquise Brown that we haven't seen before, a more consistent guy uh, playing in a more wide receiver friendly offense. So he's one of these guys here in this range that I think I'm excited about because there is top wide receiver potential. Not saying I predict him to hit it, but if you told me if by the end of the season he was in the top 12, I wouldn't be surprised. 
Yeah, it's very possible, and we'll have to see how the split breaks out, not only before they get back John Air Hopkins, but after. I'll move us on to number 24, and that is Minnesota wide receiver Adam Thielen. So I have him all the way down at 27. Tyler's up at 20. Cody at 23. Since I'm the lowest, I guess I'll start here. I said it in last week's show how Justin Jefferson, he is number two on our consensus list. He's number three. I think there's a small jump for him to be had. And Adam Thielen, I think, is starting to come onto the downswing a little bit. Obviously, he's still fairly high on our rankings being at 24. 27 still a solid flex option, but... I don't see there being much of a gain in passing yards or passing touchdowns on offense. I think Jefferson gets a slight uptick and Thielen gets a slight downgrade. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have much else to say. I really like Thielen. Uh, I think he's like a solid, reliable, again, a consistent, you know, wide receiver that will get you the 8 to 16 point range. I don't think you can expect, you know, too many 20 plus point weeks from Adam Thielen, but I don't think he's a guy that's going to bust too often either. Yeah. I mean, look, since 2017, he's averaged 9.3 points per game, 12.1 points per game, 8.4 points per game, 12 points per game, 10.2 points per game. Um, That is a picture of consistency. In my opinion, you're talking about, you know, very late wide receiver two or, early wide receiver three rankings. And if you're talking about a flex player that you can almost guarantee is going to get you about 10 points a week, like I'll take that all day. That's consistency. Uh, I think one of the big misconceptions with fantasy and one of the biggest downfalls is people spend too many, too much time looking for the home run guy. Um, And trust me, I know how exciting it is to go into a fantasy matchup and you're watching your guy and he puts up 35, 40 points on some ridiculously big week, or, uh, you know, he puts up a few weeks of 20, 20 plus. But we also talked about guys earlier that we demoted, even though they have that potential just because yeah, they'll get you 20 one week, but they'll get you two the next. Um, Sometimes in fantasy, one of the nicest things to have is consistency. Um, No, you might not get the big 30 point weeks out of Adam Thielen if he's in your flex, but you know you're not going to be getting one point from him. You know he's not going to be dropping the absolute dud. He's going to get some points. He's going to be consistent for you, and I think that's a really big thing in fantasy, and a lot of teams win because they have that solid, consistent guy in there. But I think the biggest thing with your fantasy team is a good idea to have a lot of consistency, but you should have some of those big hit guys as well because you never know when your consistent team is going to put up that 100 points, but you need that one guy that scored 30 that week to put you over the top. And there's a chance that number 25 on our list could be one of those guys because this is the lowest we've had a number one Kansas City wide receiver on a ranking in a long time. Juju Smith-Schuster. Cody has him at 25, Tyler at 26, I'm at 23. Obviously, a lot of question marks. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. But in a Patrick Mahomes pass-heavy offense, there's always the chance that Juju, who has had very solid years in the past, could completely outperform this ranking and make us all look dumb. Yeah, but he could also do a lot worse. That's true, too. It could be Marquez (laughs) Valdez-Scantling. It could be, you know... Mecole Hardman. The Justin Ross, the undrafted rookie free agent that shouldn't have went undrafted like there is a lot of potential there and there's a lot of unknowns around you know Kansas City and that's I think that's saying more because I mean George you have Patrick Mahomes as your number two quarterback you still expect them to throw it all around the yard we just don't know to who 
And I think that's why <laughs> Travis you know, Kelsey, there's your, there's your safe option. <laughs> no, that is a very, very solid point. Travis Kelsey is still, we'll get his, but the number two option after that, who will it be, which week will it be. It's a lot of up in the air. I think it is. We're all favoring Juju Smith Schuster. Um, but right now trusting him more than a flex is, is scary. Yeah, it's absolutely scary. Um, and like Cody was saying, there's just too many mouths, well, too many potential options for a wide receiver in Kansas City. Um, and, you know, we've seen it before where, you know, we think one guy is going to be the the guy to step up in Kansas City, and then suddenly it's another guy. Um, that is the reason that my fiance cannot stand Sammy Watkins, uh, because week one every year he put up 30 points for the chiefs and then week two it's byron pringle they're like oh all right well i guess drop sammy watkins let's pick up byron pringle oh nope now it's somebody else completely now it's me cole hardman you're like i don't i don't know what to do here and now they have pretty much a bunch of guys that are on that mid-tier level um you have mvs me cole hardman juju josh gordon uh second round pick sky Moore, uh Corey coleman apparently a different Gary Jennings. We got Justin Ross, the undrafted free agent, like Cody was mentioning, but let's also not forget that they have Travis Kelsey. Like he's still going to be the number one option. Uh, it's not going to be the number one target is Juju. It's going to be the number one target is Kelsey. We're trying to find a number two target. Um, and it could be any one of those guys. All of them have their ex- reasons. They can step up. Um, a lot of people are saying it could finally be the chance. Miko steps up because He's the speed threat. He could finally take that Tyreek Hill role now that Hill's gone. But we don't know, and that's the issue. We don't know. Um, He does have that big potential. He does have that big risk. So you just need to know what you're getting if you draft Juju. Yeah, I just think the biggest thing to think about when it comes to Kansas City pass catchers is Travis Kelsey is going to get his, definitely. But they supported a number, I should say top two, top three tight end, and a top three wide receiver each of the last four seasons. And now, like... It just depends if those are going to get split up exactly like Tyler said, or if we're going to have a breakout. We just don't know who the breakout is, which is why Juju's so low. But if it is him, I expect him to outperform 25. I expect anybody who, if it is one guy, to outperform 25. We just don't know who it is. It's also worth noting that we have Juju Smith the highest, but they did pay Marquez Valdez scantling more money. So we're maybe because we I think, think it's Juju- probably the type of wide receiver. Like, we think of Marquez Valdez-Scantling as more of a one-trick pony deep threat, and Juju Smith-Schuster as more of a possession wide receiver. Definitely. All right, George. Could one be. quick question for you before we move on. Um, just going to, you know, I see a bus coming, so I'm just going to try to toss you under it. Um, okay. Jeez Louise. So we, we have uh, Juju. You're trying to talk him up, saying he has all this potential. He, he's a guy we got to take because you have a – High-scoring offense loses their number one receiver, and this is the most likely step-in. So where do you have Alan Lazard ranked? Uh, that's He's pretty low, and I I, I get I get where you're going here because you are going to throw me under the bus because I'm going to say, oh, Patrick Mahomes has all these points that are going to happen, and then where's the Green Bay wide receiver that Aaron Rodgers is going to support? That's exactly what you're going to say. You're right. Um. <laughs> There's more talented wide receivers, maybe even wide receiver four in Kansas City, than I love wide receivers in Green Bay. And Cody, you can go ahead and hit me then too, because I know you love Alan Lazard. I know you love Randall Cobb, but (laughs) 
I, I find it harder to judge where the points are going to come from in Green Bay than I do in Kansas City. And Kansas City is an absolute mess. So if that tells you anything, I hope we find out more in training camp in the preseason before we draft because it's a, it's a dart throw in both places. Hey, I'll, I'll follow up with the, the Green Bay talk because we're not going to talk any Green Bay wide receivers in the top 30. That's probably how it should be. And if you want to see where we rank them, definitely go over to the couchgms.com rankings, player rankings, wide receivers you'll see all of them and that my rankings don't reflect it because i think you know alan lazard's the safer pick and you mentioned him but sammy Watkins is the guy that intrigues me the most in green bay he had a connection with matt laporte like he's when we do our late round flyer episode later in the offseason like he's gonna be like one of my, my top guys because if he can stay healthy like i think he can finally put it together and be consistent i know we've seen that we've heard that before with sammy Watkins, but he's the one that intrigues me the most coming out of the green bay uh wide receiver room and i'll move us on but i will say alan lazard's 39 on our rankings i am the highest of the three of us at 35 so i don't think any of us like green bay wide receivers just to say that as we move on to number 26 on our list jerry judy denver broncos so here's the guy that tyler thinks is going to be the number one in denver he has him at 28 though and cody and i at 24 that just doubles down on the fact that you don't seem to love russell wilson supporting wide receivers in fantasy you know, it's, I don't know. It's just a tough situation. Um, Russell Wilson is still a mobile quarterback, so he is going to get some points with his legs. Um, you do have three wide receivers that could evenly split. Uh, we have, I don't know. I just don't think that Russell Wilson is going to step in and suddenly make the Broncos offense such a high scoring offense. I don't think it is going to happen like that. I think he's going to be better than what we've seen out of the Broncos. Um, I just don't think he's going to step in and immediately just be magic man and light the world on fire. Um, so because of that, I don't have any of the receivers ranked super high. Um, and it's also like, I understand that there will be passing yards. There will be passing touchdowns and the offense might be good. Uh but the fact that I don't know who it is that's going to be stepping up makes me also rank them a little bit lower. Um, I'm not ranking all of the receivers low because I think all of them are going to underperform. I'm ranking them low because I don't trust them as much. Um, so that's the only reason why I have them ranked lower. I think Jerry Judy has your best chance of being the number one wide receiver, but we don't know what's going on with Judy with his legal issues and everything. So we're going to have to wait and see on that. Um but again, that's why we do early rankings. Don't draft at this time of the year. Wait until later to draft. We will update our rankings. It'll be a lot better when we get closer to the season. Cody's not going to talk Jerry Judy, so I guess I will here. Yeah, I mean, I think even if he is the wide receiver two to Cortland Sutton, he's still going to be a solid wide receiver. I am I am definitely higher on Russell Wilson than you are. Um, but I've always been the person that says that Denver was a quarterback away from competing for a championship because I like their wide receiver core. I like their running backs. I like their defense. So I'm obviously, I guess, the skewed party of the two of us. Anything to add, Cody, before I move us on to 27? Uh, no, I mean, I don't really have anything to add. I think, you know, we kind of hit on this when we talked about Cortland Sutton, too. Um, and I just circled back to the the Russell Wilson debate outside of last season where he missed five games with the the finger injury he has been a top or a quarterback one top 12 fantasy quarterback every year since 2012 and he finished 15th last year so I guess I'm missing the disconnect on where you don't think he's going to come in and make the passing offense better uh but I guess that's one of the things that we'll have to keep an eye on throughout the whole season 
I didn't say he's not going to make the offense better. I did say he's going to make the offense better. I said I don't think he's going to come in and light the world on fire. I don't think he's going to suddenly step in and the Broncos' offense is going to be a top three offense. That's what I don't think is going to happen. Well, I don't think you need to be a top three offense to support a top 20, top 24 wide receiver. Like, is the, the Dolphins going to so be? We're talking two top 24 wide receivers, just to be clear. But, yeah. Okay. Do you have more faith? Okay, we're going to go on a tangent here, but that's okay. Uh, Tua, we have two wide receivers ranked a lot higher with Tua than you do with Russell Wilson. You actually have both ranked higher than either of Russell Wilson's number one options. Yeah, because it's not just the quarterback. I mean, it's not. We've seen players on teams with horrible quarterbacks do amazing before, and if I am being 100% honest, I'd like – Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill, um, skill wise uh, and wide receiver wise, better than I like Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. Uh, uh, that's fine. I can understand that. But I, the if you take the whole offense together, Dolphins, Broncos, who finishes higher rankings? I honestly think it's going to be close, but uh, Broncos probably will edge them out. Interesting, George. Broncos, Dolphins. Who's higher? Uh, Broncos. Perfect. Well, George thinks the Broncos are going to win the Super Bowl. So he did say that. I will agree with you on I that d- one. I, so I won't lie. Different. I did. I'm a little uh, surprised. I told he you plays I was the, the same party, division apparently. as the Chargers. So he's going against his own team, picking a division rival to win the Super Bowl over his own <laughs> team. We have not um, made Super Bowl predictions. I just said I thought the Broncos were a quarterback away from being a Super Bowl. Contender. I have no idea where we're on the list, so I can't transition to this because I well, twenty-seven on the list is. <laughs> I was also going to say the Broncos. Like another reason why I have them lower is you can't forget the amount of mouths to feed in that offense. No, I don't think that you know Albert O is really that fantastic of a tight end, but he is an option. Um, but it's not just the top three wide receivers. They do have second round pick KJ Hamler still as well, um, and then. Look, they have the legend, uh, the fantasy god of a few years ago, Travis Fulgham, there as well, who could steal some points. So uh, I think Dolphins, it's a two-man race, where Broncos, it's a a four-man race. It's another reason why I have them ranked lower. But I think that's enough Broncos talk for today. I'll back off. You you lost me at Fulgham, but if you would have mentioned the running backs being better than Miami, I would have backed you up. Number 27. (laughs) Number 27 on our list is not Travis Fulgham. It is Amra St. Brown of the Detroit Lions. Cody has him at 27. Tyler at 29. I'm all the way up at 22. Tyler, start us off. You're the lowest on Amra St. Brown. Uh, You know, it's... It's Lions. <laughs> it's, just, that's, it's your that's, boy, Jared Goff. Come on. Look, Jared Goff is a fantasy god, and he's still better than Matt Stafford. But uh, other than that, no, it's the Lions. And if it wasn't the Lions, I'd rank them higher. I think the Lions are going to have a better season this year. But I just, I don't know. I don't think I don't think I can trust a Lions player other than maybe DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson. Like, those are the really only two that – I feel confident rolling with, and even them, like every now and then you're like, I don't love the play this week. Um, But I think St. Brown is going to be your best option wide receiver wise for the lions. It's just, um, I I guess it's more of a consistency thing for me. Um, Same reason I can't eat most food. It's the consistency. Uh, 
That was worse I, than my bike we, joke. That was a better joke. That was a better joke. That was worse than my bike joke. Thank you for worse. taking the worst joke title away from me. The, this episode is off the rails. <laughs> oh, God. This episode is sponsored by Dad Jokes. Um, no, I, I, I just think there. At this point in the draft, I could really flip a coin for a lot of these wide receivers, and uh, he just lost the coin flip for me. That's all it is. But I still don't think he's bad. I still think he's a young receiver with a lot of potential. So um, I've said this a thousand times on these rankings, but could do worse. Yeah, I mean, I have him at 22 in my rankings. He was 21st in points last year. They added Jamison Williams, who's going to miss the beginning of the season with injury all more than likely. And when he comes back, I don't know if he's going to get the rapport with Jared Goff as quickly as uh, Amra St. Brown did, or he's already like Amra St. Brown's are going to have another you know season and a half under his belt with him. So I think like keeping him right around where he was last year on my rankings makes sense to me. I get why you guys could have dropped him, but... If Detroit's improving and St. Brown is regressing, I don't know if I quite understand. Uh, mine is just more of the thought that Jamison Williams won't miss, won't start the season on PUP and will be a part of the offense a little bit more, a healthy TJ Hawkinson. Uh, but I still really like Amra St. Brown. And don't get me wrong, like we're at 27, and I know it feels like we're like, you know, throwing darts at this point. But if you're in a 10 man league, like we haven't even got enough for every team to have three wide receivers, which they'll need. So, like, these are still very valuable wide receiver options. And it gets worse if you're in a 12 or a 14-team league. Like, some of these will be your starting option just because on the amount of players available. And so, Amra St. Brown, you know, he won you a championship last year. So, the guys that won a championship with him or made a deep playoff run with Amra St. Brown, like, he might get overdrafted. He might go higher than 27 uh, because that's just how the fantasy world works. Just know where he's at, where his value. They traded a lot to go get Jamison Williams, and if he's healthy – uh, take that into consideration. Again, I'm not saying that I'm flipping a coin on these guys because I think they're all just terrible and I'll just take whatever uh, the dart hits. I still think they're good wide receivers. It's I just think their talent level and potential level are all very similar. Um, and honestly, if we're talking about it, we can, since we're not going to cover them in this episode, you're talking about guys around like 39 uh, and 40 um you got guys like DeAndre Hopkins, yes, missed six weeks, but again, another solid late season guy. Hunter Renfro, Tyler Lockett, Robert Woods, Chase Claypool. Like you're talking about some potential really good receivers, some potential number one uh, receivers for your team by the end of the season based off of how they perform if all works out for them. So if you get to this point in the draft and you don't love these guys, I'm cool taking a tight end, taking a uh, running back, um, maybe you haven't even taken your quarterback yet because you're probably me or George who wait till the end of the draft. Maybe this is where you take them. Um, I don't mind not taking one of these guys and taking one of those later guys because of the potential that they have. Yeah, you're basically putting receivers in a tier and saying, if I get anybody in this tier, I'm cool with it. Not necessarily in that specific order. I got you. Um, but someone you have a little bit higher, maybe in one tier up, is our number 28 on our list, and that's Pittsburgh wide receiver Deontay Johnson. He shakes his head. He has him up at 22, Cody at 29, I'm at 28. So not really much higher on Deontay Johnson? Well, no, how have we let this happen? Like, we all know that I don't like Deontay Johnson. We all know that I'm lower on him than you guys every single year, and yet, like, here I am as 
the highest person on Deontay Johnson. How, how did that happen? I knocked him down a couple of pegs because of quarterback situations, honestly. I mean, right. I know the man is talented. He, when he is catching the ball, he's going to rack up a lot of PPR points because he's probably still going to get a decent amount of targets. But I would not be shocked if this offense went more towards the run with Najee Harris, even though I still don't even really love Najee Harris. I think just the offense in general is going to take a step back. I don't know if it can take much of a step back uh, from what it was with aging Ben Roethlisberger. Like, no offense. Like, <laughs> they have to be a little bit, you know, at least stay the same. And I think there is the quarterback issue with Deontay Johnson. Um, you know, whether it will be Kenny Pickett, whether it will be Trubisky. Hopefully Trubisky doesn't have to go through what he had to go through with uh, Mike Glennon and those other guys that back and forth, they were 2-0 and and then they still benched him and all that. Uh, hopefully he gets – a chance to prove himself. Um, and it's just, I think both those guys though, too, like Deontay Johnson made his living the last two years, catching short slant routes, you know, and making plays after the ball, which he can still definitely do. Uh, but they'll have a quarterback that can push the ball down the field a little bit more. Like, I think we'll see this offense open up, maybe not as consistently, but it'll be a more down the field uh, thing. So I think him and Chase Claypool uh, might be a little bit closer than I would have had them if, it was still Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it definitely depends on who the quarterback is. Um, I mean, it could definitely change based off of who's going to be the favorite. I mean, Kenny Pickett could step in and be like, you know what, I'm a Chase Claypool guy and throw to him a lot. Um, or he could step in and be like, Deontay Johnson's my guy and go to him. Um, however... Deontay Johnson averaged over 10 points per game last season. And like Cody said, it's it was an aging Ben Roethlisberger. I don't think either quarterback can step in and really be that much worse than uh, Big Ben was last year. And yet we had a guy like Adam Thielen ranked all the way up at 24, uh, who also averaged around that. And now we have Deontay Johnson down here at 28. Like, I feel like they're around the same player. Um, around the same level. I don't think he's as low as you guys have him ranked because you have him ranked a lot lower than I do. Um, I agree with you. I have Thielen at 27 and Deontay at 28. <laughs> you agree that they're around the same player. You just have them both ranked low. And also, yeah. yes, the new quarterback might step in and not like him as much as Big Ben did, but even if his targets go down a little bit, he's still getting a ton of targets. He was third in targets per game last season tied with Devontae Adams, only person who had more targets per game than Deontay Johnson was Cooper Cup last year. So I don't feel like he can just go from being top three in targets per game to just suddenly barely used. I don't think he can take that big of a step down like even with a new quarterback. Like he couldn't he, catch? Well, that wasn't targets per game. That was drops per game. But but even then, he was still getting the ball thrown to him way too much, which is why I didn't like him two years ago, because I was saying, why are they throwing at him 10 times a game when he drops eight of them? Last year, he figured out how to catch some of them. Um, but no, he's got so many targets. He's such a big part of the offense that they're going to find ways to utilize him. I don't love Deontay Johnson. I don't think he can catch that well. I still probably won't draft him, even though I have him ranked at 22. But I just don't think I can have him down near the 30s um, with how heavily used he is in that offense. So Tyler's going to buy Deontay Johnson a jugs machine for Christmas and hope that uh, he comes back and catches more balls of more of those targets next year. Do you know, like, I think three quarters of the season will be over by the time Christmas hits. 
Like I think he wants to do it, it, it was as like a, an early it was Christmas a, gift. Just a, George has just a, a terrible joke now. We got to make sure terrible yep. jokes across the board today. Yes, that's that was the point. So there you Thank go. You for I got you. On. <laughs> but we got All we right. got two guys left. Let's just talk about them both at the same time because I feel like uh, they're very similar in play style and where we have them both with second year quarterbacks. Number twenty nine is Elijah Moore. Number thirty is Darnell Mooney. George, I'll let you talk Elijah Moore, and then Tyler can talk Darnell Mooney. Okay. I do have, I am the highest on Elijah Moore at 29. Not that it's that big of a difference between the three of us. You both have him at 31. Um, the Jets are really trying to give Zach Wilson all the weapons as possible. Elijah Moore actually started to look very solid right before he got hurt and missed the rest of the season. So I think the fact that we have him in this flex type wide receiver three areas, if we can continue, like see him pick up where he left off last year, he has a chance to even maybe outperform this spot a little bit. Um, He was obviously a high draft pick for them before last season. It's just a lot of question marks of it. Can he stay on the field? And can Zach Wilson take a step? If Zach Wilson takes a step, I see no doubt that Elijah Moore should play at this spot or a little better. All right, I, I'll take uh, Darnell Mooney. I'm glad he gave me him. I love Darnell Mooney uh, more than I should. I'm probably going to draft him earlier than I should, over people that I should. Uh, I'm just a big fan of Darnell Mooney. I think he was an underrated receiver coming out of college, um, but yet I was really high on him his rookie season before he even started playing, took him in dynasty leagues, and uh, haven't regretted it since. Uh, the big issue with him is going to be quarterback. I mean, can Justin Fields take that step forward that he needs to take or is he going to be underwhelming like he was last year I think Fields will take a step forward I don't think he's going to be phenomenal I don't think Fields is going to come out and suddenly be uh you know what everyone thinks Russell Wilson will be this year but I do think that uh lock or sorry I do think that Fields will be pretty good making Darnell Mooney Pretty good as well. We're talking about our 30th ranked wide receiver, and you're talking about a guy that can, you know, get a touchdown on any given play because of his speed and deep playability. Um, I like that kind of potential down here at 30. Yeah, I don't want to sound like a Packers fan, but I think the Bears are going to suck this year. Uh, so that's why I'm the lowest on Darno Mooney. I think he has talent, so I think he'll still get his while he's, you know, flexible. Uh, but I don't like the Bears this season. They have done nothing to support Justin Fields, and I think it'll be a tough season for them. Uh, but that's our top 30. Uh, you might be noticing that there is no rookies that in our top 30. That doesn't mean we don't like rookies. You can check all the rankings out of the Couch GMs. Uh, but real quick, I'll just give you our top five rookies based on this season, because that's what these rankings are, uh, would be Drake London, Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and then Jamison Williams. So that's our top five rookies, and they all fall between pick 31 and pick 60. So Guys, anything else, wide receivers? Yes, I just want to say one more thing real quick, and it's not wide receivers. Um, if you are a betting person, you like to bet, I have a surefire bet for you right here uh, that will win you lots and lots of money. So put all your money you have on it. Put your life savings. Um, the Broncos are going to win the Super Bowl. The last season, I talked so much smack. So much smack on Matt Stafford. I wanted to prove that he's not that great. And he just went on to, you know, win the Super Bowl. So this year, I'm talking smack on Russell Wilson saying he's not going to just step in and be this end-all, be-all quarterback. He's not going to be all that spectacular. So you can guarantee you, (laughs) Russell Wilson is going to win the Super Bowl. 
Uh, he's going to be Super Bowl MVP at this rate. So put your but life does he get an MVP vote? That's my <laughs> question. not get an MVP vote. Because <laughs> in case you haven't heard, Russell Wilson has not got an MVP vote. But guys, that wraps up our wide receivers. We'll be doing tight ends next week. But as always, thanks for listening to an episode of the Couch Games Podcast. Oh.